Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 94. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I also publish two magazines, Rootless Living and RV Today, all while being a full-time RVer that has lived and worked in all 48 states since 2017. Whew, that's my script. <laughs> that's all I got. It's been a while. I have not done a Rootless Living episode since February of 2022, so just over a year. And to be honest, I really thought we were done. I mean, I had a goal to do 100 episodes. I got to episode 93. Um, Just wasn't noticing a lot of traction, and it is a lot of work. And just thought, you know what? I think I'm done. Maybe I'll put on pause for a little while, and the pause just took over. And there was a lot of things going on, obviously launching a new magazine and a bunch of other stuff. But ultimately, the podcast has just gone bananas in the last year without me even uploading an episode. But I also got to where those people that went bananas and found us and went back and listened to the, you know, the old episodes, which is a big, huge, like double thumbs up for evergreen content. I mean, there's just nothing dated in these podcasts. So when you listen to them, um, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, there's still some really good information because it's just someone being interviewed about their lifestyle and uh, it's not dated in any way. So as these people have found us, they've gone all the way through all 93 episodes and now they've stopped and they would send messages. Hey, are you coming back? What's going on? And once I started looking at some of the analytics and data, I thought, you know what? I should bring this back. There's a lot of people that want to listen to it. So I've decided to commit to 57. I know it's an odd number, but I really like ketchup. Uh, new episodes that obviously make up the from the 93 to 100 those 7 and 50 so we'll get to 150 episodes and then we'll reevaluate it and see if it is truly still working and growing and uh, being something that's positive not only to the listeners but then also to us as uh, magazine publishers getting this content out so with that I would ask you to share it let people family friends people you know that are interested in maybe getting unstuck or having a change in their lifestyle or you know, making a move or just doing something different. Uh, this is a great podcast for them to get some really cool inspiration. So please share it. And then also, if you want to head over to rootlessliving.com, rvtoday.com, sign up for either the digital or print subscriptions to either one of those magazines. Help us grow those magazines. I mean, everything just kind of grows together. As the magazines do better, the podcast does better and vice versa. And you know what, if you're enjoying it, that's a great way to kind of support us. But if anything, Leave a review, put out a share, let people know about it. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a big help to us. All right, but with that, let's get into this uh, new episode. That's enough of a sales pitch from me. On today's episode, I have a great conversation with Ann Brampton, and we'll get into what it's like being rootless as a single female on the road. Both, she did that here in the States, but now she's primarily in Costa Rica. And uh, you know what? Like always, before I say too much, let's just get into the episode. All right, with that, let's welcome Anne to the show. Anne, how are you? I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's start off with some rapid fire real quick to kind of get to know you, and then we'll get into the details. Where are you in the world right now? I am in Costa Rica. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. (laughs) Actually, I, I, I hate when I ask that question, and it's somewhere where I just have not been, and I can't wait to go, and I wish I was there. Um, what do you consider yourself full-time, part-time sometime in regards to being like a digital nomad? You know, both I was full-time now I'm part-time and thinking about going full-time again. Nice. Nice. No, I mean, we'll get into it. I think the hybrid life is actually really nice too. Um, when did you start? Like when was the the full-time? Um, maybe about two years ago. Nice. And are you, what are you traveling in to go to Costa Rica? Um, I have a Sprinter, a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Nice. And uh, a another last rapid who travels with you? My dog, nice. Taco. Taco. I love Taco. it. Taco. Hey, <laughs> we, my youngest son named his dog Bear. Great name. <laughs> Great name. Yeah. Except for when the dog got lost when we were camping in a national park. Oh, and yeah, you, it's not good. And you have to yell. Yeah, you'd be telling tacos, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd be fine. I mean, you get people coming out and helping you, no problem. But we were really <laughs> scared people. I was like, you should have called him Oso. Maybe most people wouldn't know that's bare in Spanish, that kind of a thing. Yeah. All right. So, so let's go back two years um, before you obviously jumped in the van and went full time. Um, let's. Where were you living? What were you doing? What was life like? 
Oh, that is a great question. Um, you know, I've lived most of my life here in Costa Rica and I did, I lived in Colorado for about two years. I've always been outdoorsy, but once I moved out to Colorado and it was out West, it was up in the, you know, in the mountains and just my love for the outdoors just, you know, went up a thousand percent. And when I came back to Costa Rica, it was, it was a really culture shock kind of thing. Um, the outdoors and hiking and camping is, is not really a popular thing here in Costa Rica. It has been like in the last years. So when I came back, I did not know what to do with my life. <laughs> it's just like I started camping in the back of this truck and then I changed it to a pickup truck and a rooftop tent and just, you know, so forth. So that's kind of how it all started. Just, you know, looking for more comfort, something bigger, something, you know, more comfortable, something safer, because most of the time I was traveling by myself. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. Um and then eventually um, my, my kids moved out of the house and I always had the idea of the van. I've worked actually in the RV business for a long time. Um, so it's always, you know, been in the back of my mind, the, the, the entire lifestyle kind of thing. And um, yeah, when the kids moved out, I could not figure out where I wanted to live. I just, I could not find my home. Probably makes sense. Um, it was like, well, you know, I want to live down on the beach, but then the beach here in Costa Rica can get pretty hot mm. uh, th sometimes throughout the year. Like right now is probably the hottest, one of the hottest seasons. And, you know, down at the beach, it can be about, I don't know, up in the 90s, 100% humidity kind of thing. Um, and then the whole being outdoors, it's just, it's just, it doesn't really happen in reality. You're kind of stuck in your room with AC working and watching Netflix for, like, for <laughs> weeks at a time. <laughs> and then, you know, I love the mountains and I love the cooler weather. Uh, but it was just like, do I really want to like go live up in the mountains like all by myself? Right, right. So the van was just kind of like, you know, the perfect way to you know live at the beach when i wanted to live at the beach or just head up to the mountains when the beach got too hot so when you you had the kids and you're both in costa rica and i'm assuming they went with you to colorado no okay so, no my kids are, are, are older so no oh, okay. they were fine here in costa rica <laughs> gotcha okay so when you're in costa rica and kids are with you uh you know give me like a spec on the house you're living kind of the job you had um, and then why did you make the jump to Colorado for a, a season? Um, you know, I have freelanced in social media marketing for about 12 years. So I've been working from home since forever. So, um, it's, it, it's always been easy to just move around and, and continue working. I, I, I didn't really move to Colorado, but I was in a relationship with someone in Colorado. So I came back and forth. It was two years of coming back and forth. And in the end, I did spend a lot more time in Colorado because every time I would come home, the kids were like, yay, mom's back. You know, can I have some money? <laughs> yeah, no. You know, and then it would wear off in a week's time. And suddenly, I, you know, I was sitting here in Costa Rica and all my friends in Colorado are like, are you going to be around? Like, we have a rafting trip in three weeks and, you know, we have this backpacking and are you going to be here? And then after a while, it's just like, what am I doing here? So I would just buy a ticket and go back to Colorado. <laughs> so um, that's kind of how it all happened. Gotcha. Um, that makes yeah. Sense. That makes sense. I mean, I, too, waited till uh, my kids were all grown. Um, I will say I have a voice of someone that has grown ass children. You do not like, I wouldn't have guessed, um, that. And I like, I mean, it's weird. Like, cause I really don't like, and I'm not asking your age. I don't like asking people their ages and stuff, but I think it is important sometimes when, <laughs> when people are, uh, you know, they're thinking this is like for the young, like you can't do this. Later. Oh gosh, no. Right? Yeah, you can do this later. I mean, I do think you should do it when you're young. I mean, I've I've said that on the show a lots of times. I think the the values that you learn um while living, you know, kind of a, a modest traveling experience first kind of lifestyle is something I wish I learned at a younger age as opposed to, you know, in my 40s and now 50s. Um 
but Same. I, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's what I want to draw out sometimes. Cause that's the hard part sometimes with audio is, you know, they literally think I could be talking to someone that's in their twenties, you know what I mean? Just by the way you sound. Yeah. So just know that. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're talking about the, the grown kids moving out. So you did some like figuring it out stuff. You ended up in a van. Now has the van ever made it to Colorado or the States or does the van stay in Costa Rica? Not yet. It okay. stays in Costa Rica because I got my van in February of 2020. Okay. Wow. And March was when COVID hit. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that's, I can't think of a worse time to buy a recreational vehicle. Than, yeah, like, so I went through the whole process. When I, when I actually purchased the van, I was still living with my, with my daughter, but she's the older one. Um, she's 31 now. Um, so I went through the whole process of just, she, you know, moved into this tiny apartment. I really did not have a place. I gave all my furniture and all my stuff to my kids because, you know, this van was arriving and I was going to start building it and traveling in it. And then suddenly it was like, I had to park it. So, you know, come March. Um, and it's funny cause when COVID hit, I was actually camping, up in the mountains in the cloud forest here, I was just sleeping on the floor in a mattress. I could care less. I was in heaven. And um, the whole news of COVID hit. And here in Costa Rica, it was just like, yeah, well, you know, we recommend you stay home for a couple of weeks. And I was like, this is great. I'm just going to camp here for two weeks. (laughs) You know, and then I'll go home and it'll all be over. And then a week later, my kids are like, I think maybe just got to come home. So the first months of COVID, like, I actually had to move into my daughter's house. (laughs) So I had to rent out her little, you know, spare tiny bedroom and literally, you know, sleep with all my boxes and stuff. And the van was parked. So that's kind of how it all started. Wow. What, I mean, that's gotta be a little bit of a, I mean, obviously there was, there was bigger and more important things, but that has to be a little bit of a buzzkill to like have these plans and you make these plans. I mean, I've known a ton of people that have started, right in and around the beginning of COVID and mm-hmm. I mean, it really took the the energy out of it. But obviously then we saw this whole incredible influx of people that were buying them so they actually could travel because traveling was just locked down and this was their, their way around it temporarily. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, here it was the same because then eventually, you know, I was, I was able to build because uh, people were desperate for work here. So the guy that did the woodwork and stuff, he was desperate for work. So, you know, so in a way, you know, the pandemic kind of helped me build mm. because I was just able to, I was still working online. Luckily, I was very lucky to continue working throughout throughout the pandemic. Um, and, you know, it just took longer, but whatever. It just gave me the time to, you know, figure out very slowly you know, if the plans I had made worked for me, if I wanted the kitchen here or there and all that, you know, all that kind of process. So it, it, it worked out in the end. Did it work out? I mean, I noticed a lot of people when they're customizing, um, something, I mean, I, we renovated our RV about three years after being in it full time. And there's still a lot of things I wish I would have done that even after three years of experience, um, I still made kind of some mistakes and some of the design and the cabinetry and things that we, you know, had brought in. How do you feel about your build now that it's done and you've lived in it for a while? Are there things you would have done differently? Um, I don't think there's things I would have done differently. Um, I still have some stuff left. I don't consider it finished, but you know, when, when, when is it finished? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> These kind of projects are endless. I mean, there's still some like upper cabinets and stuff that I haven't done, but I haven't really needed them. I think, um, I was actually thinking about that this, this weekend. Um, it was Easter week here in Costa Rica. So, and it kind of connects with spring break. So literally the entire country hits the beach and that's kind of when I stay home. Mm. Um, and I was thinking like when I move back to the van, I think that I, I would like to finish it. If I move back into the van again, um, I definitely want to finish it. Um, just the upper cabinets and maybe spruce up a little bit, the electrical and that kind of stuff. But um, other than that, and I think eventually if I do head up north, which I do plan on heading up north, um, obviously, you know, I would have to make just a few more adjustments for a long trip like that, especially with water and electrical, that kind of stuff. 
but other than that, you know, it's, it's my home. It's, it's, it's still, even now that I'm part-time and I'm kind of renting a house, a little house, it's for me, it's still home. There's like no place that gives me that feeling of home. Like, like the man for sure. And are you like, what's your travel schedule been like in the, the last year being kind of, you know, hybrid between the two? Are you taking the van out quite a bit or has it been parked? Oh, yeah. oh okay. So awesome. I've, been, I've been renting a house for a little over six months nice. and I do. Yeah. It's kind of like the, it's so hard in the sense that, you know, now it, it, the only reason I did it is I find, found a place. I started working full time and in, here in Costa Rica, the, the Wi-Fi is tricky. Mm. Um, you know, Costa Rica has really good cell service, um, and Starlink obviously isn't here yet. And there's very little internet service for, for nomadic people. It's very new, the whole nomad thing here in Costa Rica. Um, I use, um, used to be called Skyroam, Solis Wi-Fi now, which is, which is basically what I use. But I end up spending a lot of money. So when I did live in the van, I was working part-time. Now I work full-time. So having a place to, you know, wake up and do five, six, sometimes seven hours a day of work is is great. (laughs) So I do travel back. Sometimes I'll be gone for like a week, two weeks. um, And then the feeling of coming back home is actually pretty nice. And, you know, doing laundry and (laughs) you know, all the basics, all the things that you don't have when you, when you kind of live on the road. So yeah, I've been kind of trying to keep a, keep a balance. Um, so I would say, I don't know, maybe about 50% of the time, 40% some months I do travel in the van. So I'm still doing it for sure. I I miss it (laughs) when I'm not there. Yeah. I think the, is the van parked like on the property or do you have to store it somewhere? No, it's parked right here. I, nice. I live like in a little a condo complex with an apartment. Um, so the the van it's not like right next to my house, right, right. but yeah, it's here. So it's 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 great, you know. And it's my daily driver too. How great! Yeah, that's one of the things I've been really, you know. I mean, I don't know if I I probably said it in the reintro as we kind of relaunched this podcast is that in the late twenty twenty one, we purchased two hundred forty acres in Oklahoma. And um, we've been, you know, living in the RV, still traveling, but building out the land. But we have, you know, we're in the process of building a big shop that'll have like laundry and a gym and like a place to store the RV if we fly somewhere, all that kind of stuff. But it's on our own property. And I always I'm telling people like the hybrid life, I'm really starting to enjoy it because, you know, you, the things, the the things that are bad about full-time RVing, you're able to remove those. Uh, the things that are good and, you know, you get the itch again, which is kind of nice too. Cause you know, like anything in life, it can get complacent. And when you're away from it for yeah. a little while, you get the itch and you want to go out and stuff, but having where you don't have to like get it out of storage that if a Friday you're done at noon, and even if you didn't have the plan to hit the road, you could just say, you know what, let's go this weekend. Why not? You know, let's grab taco and hit the road and you can do it. And yeah. I think it's actually a life we really want to, especially within rootless living, we want to start celebrating and talking about a lot more because I think there's this, you know, kind of odd badge of honor where I'm full time. I ain't got nothing. This is all I'm doing. But but the, but the hybrid life's pretty cool too. Yeah, I struggle with it. You know, I do feel some days I do feel guilty that I'm not living in the van. Mm. It's really, it's really weird. But then when I'm in the van and, you know, cause there's great trips and there's so, so trips and there's like those weekends that you go out and you're like, why, why did I do this? <laughs> you know, like, why did I go out this weekend? You know, when everything just goes wrong and just very recently I went to the beach with some friends and it was just way too hot, just way too hot. Um, and then everything in the van suffers, you know, even I think the solar panels overheat here in Costa Rica. It's just, and two days later, I just came home. And then it's like, I feel guilty because it's like, I enjoy so much being in the van, but then now it's like, I enjoy coming home. Mm. So I still do feel a little bit of guilt for, you know, not, I worked so hard towards like living, and, you know, nobody in Costa Rica here lives in a van. I was the very first person, especially woman, to actually live in a van here in Costa Rica. It is not a common thing. I think now there's an older couple that live in their van, 
but it is it is a very new concept here the whole even the van life um in itself but even less living full time mostly because costa rica does not have the infrastructure mm. or rving in general much less living in a camper so that's what makes it super tricky are there a lot of tourists that come with a vehicle and kind of nomad it for a while in that area or not so much. Yeah, you get a yeah, you get a lot of people that are either, you know, heading down to Chile or 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 driving up to Alaska, a lot of them, you know, passing by. And you, I meet a lot of them. Um and it's pretty funny because uh, I mean, sometimes I just meet cuz I'm on the road. Um sometimes people will co- contact me through Instagram and be like, "Hey, you know, I saw that you live here. Like, do you have recommendations or you know, and even if I notice people here, I reach out, you know, I reach out and I'm like, hey, you know, I live in this little town right out of the city. Like if you want to do laundry, if you need Internet, like mi casa es tu casa, (laughs) you know, because I love that because I would love somebody to do that for me, too. So um, you do see a lot of people and you see everything. You see people that are more than happy to pay for campgrounds the entire time. And I've met other people that they will not pay for a campground right. and Costa Rica is there are no laws for camping here. So you can literally park anywhere and camp. You're not going to get a knock on the door. Well, I mean, if you're saying there's not a lot of people doing it, then that's probably, I was going to ask you, are there laws against it? If there's not, it's probably just because it hasn't yeah. become a thing yet, but it's not like Costa Rica. I mean, I, if I, please forgive me, my, my geography teacher is screaming at me now, but I think it's <laughs> like in the four to 6 million kind of population, right? It's not, Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, to be one of the only or few, um, that in itself with, you know, five, six million people is pretty incredible, especially in a, in a place where, um, I, I don't know, I feel like in, a, in, when I think about like, not that it's necessarily overseas, I mean, you can get there by land, but some of the overseas trips I've been thinking about, I have been thinking about, would it be cool to rent like a really small vehicle? And even if I ended up staying in hotels, you know, great, but at least traveling, to and from as opposed to, you know, just Ubering to a hotel and being in a hotel in a big city, like actually get out into the small kind of towns. Uh, I'm surprised Mm -hmm. there's not more of that. And I'm surprised too, because this is one of the things I like to talk about is like the budget stuff. I I don't like to really get into the weeds, you know, because I think it's, everyone can live a different lifestyle. But what I like to talk about is the life before the van, like, um, We'll do it in a way that keeps it. If your old life before the van was a hundred dollars a month, what's the new life? And even in this high, you know, let's do the let's do the when it was just full time in the van. What did that cost you a month in comparison? So if it was a hundred percent, you know, here's my old life. What was it when it was van full time, and what is it now being kind of hybrid? Um. Oh gosh, now kind of hybrid. It's expensive. Mm, okay. <laughs> Rent is expensive in Costa Rica, um, especially the closer you get to the city. I'm kind of a little bit outside of the city, so, you know, it does narrow it down a little bit. Um, but cost of living here is is very, it's very relative. In, in, in Costa Rica, you can, you know, local produce is incredible. Mm. And I think it's one of the things that travelers love about Costa Rica is that you can find fruit stands. There's actually like fruit and vegetable fairs every week in all the areas in Costa Rica. And, you know, if you love eating fresh or even down at the beach, you see fishermen coming up on the beach from the, you know, fresh in the morning from being out fishing all night and you can buy fresh stuff from them right off the boat. So if you're like really into that stuff, um, it is really easy to live in Costa Rica or even travel on a lower budget. Gotcha. But if you, you know, like to go to the grocery store and get your, you know, frozen gluten-free bread and your, you know, frozen blueberries, <laughs> like all that imported stuff. Yeah, yeah. It can turn super expensive. Well, would you say that the the full-time life was more or less than Kind of I was, it was definitely less. I think the okay. one thing I probably spent more money on was internet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to internet because yeah, I just had to keep refilling and refilling. I mean, there are moments, um, 
you know, mooch docking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, campgrounds, camping has become super popular now. I think probably similar to the States, you know, with, with the whole pandemic, a lot more people are camping now. So there's a lot more campgrounds popping up and, and some of them are already starting to offer Wi-Fi. Are they so like tent campgrounds that, or like where someone would bring a van or an RV? Oh, they are very, very basic. Mm, okay. You know, in Costa Rica, there is not a single dumping space station for RVs. RVing here is not a thing. So you cannot find a single dump station in Costa Rica. Well, that brings me to my next question. Do you have a toilet in your van? I do. I do, but it's a porta potty. Okay. And is it like, so how do you dump then if there's nowhere to dump? And just in a, I just use it for number one. Nice. So I just dump it in, in any toilet. But see, that's a, one thing about Costa Rica is you do see a lot of travelers here. It's either people going, you know, traveling through there is a lot of tourism here. Um, there is a massive rental, but of expedition vehicles like rooftop tents. Mm. That here in Costa Rica is huge. It's the four by four vehicle with the rooftop tents. But that's uh, what's so funny to me is that, you know, like the things that we did living in California that were popular to us were also popular to the tourists. It's kind of weird that what tourists want to do in Costa Rica is not what the locals want to do per se. I mean, I get that you're saying that they're kind of, but that to me is kind of weird where you would see you're literally, you can almost probably pick out the tourists by who's renting the four by five with the tent on top. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's one, the, the, the most popular, like the, the bigger service called nomad America and they are usually booked out the entire year. It's incredible the amount of tourism that does that. Mm. And camping in Costa Rica is really easy. There's there's campgrounds everywhere. Um, you can fill up water everywhere. Water here is tap water is extremely drinkable here. Nice. There are very few areas where someone will say, like, don't drink the tap water. Gotcha. So it's really easy to fill up. And there's toilets everywhere. Every single campground at least has, like, a little outdoor sink a toilet and a shower. Um, so living in the van was never, you know, toilets were never an issue. Gotcha. Um, you know, probably going somewhere. It's not like the States where you can, you know, go buy a gym or a truck stop and there's showers. We don't have that here, but most of the campgrounds, a lot of the beaches, you know, you'll pay like a dollar and you can take a shower. It's not a hot shower, but you don't need it when it's 80 degrees. Outside, right. you know? <laughs> And if you go up to a volcano, I mean, there's amazing volcanoes here and campgrounds up and and it's so cold. You don't even want to take a shower. So it's, it's the camping, you know, there's no dumping and there's no, you know, like full service campgrounds, but the basics are always there. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's very cool. What's the, is the language pretty easy or do you need to know Spanish? No, Costa Rica, everybody speaks English. Nice, nice. I wish. In Costa Rica, for locals, you cannot get a job if you don't have some kind of, you know, tur- tourism is, is the main, it's, it's the main attraction of Costa Rica. So everybody here will speak some level of English. Gotcha. The one thing I was kind of bummed about recently, well, within the last six months, I went to Punta Cana and I was really excited to kind of work on my old Spanish. That's bad as it is like just terrible, but everybody wanted like to speak English. And I'm like, I remember even having conversations. No, I want kind of, I know it's terrible and I'm just trying to work on it. And you know, but like, let's, let's go. I, I need to, at some point go somewhere where I just fully immerse myself where like nobody speaks English and spend six months and leave there speaking Spanish like really well. I need to do that. Yeah. So that's good to know. I mean, I know there's probably people. You get a bit of both. You yeah. know, I think here you get a bit of both. You get people that if they know you speak, because it works both ways. They want to practice their English right, too. Right, right, right. No, but then also I think there's a lot of locals. I think a lot of locals, I mean, I lived in Costa Rica for 40 years. I moved here when I was 10 with my family. Um, and... I still appreciate anything local. I, you know, when I lived in the van, I would much prefer to buy very basic stuff in the grocery store 
and then stop by all the little fruit stores in the towns and all the shops and just support like all the local communities because in a lot of the mountains and beaches here you have a lot of street vendors and they're selling cheese and strawberries and all kinds of fruit and stuff um so i think a lot of the locals here appreciate when tourists or travelers appreciate them back you mm-hmm. know like shop buy from them and try and speak the language right right no yeah i agree i mean i do find it especially here in the states like um it's a bummer that a second language isn't like required or really you know looked at as like a status where it's like how cool is that that you can speak multiple i mean i i freak out when i meet people that especially people where that's not part of their heritage like you know where they're speaking mm-hmm. two languages and then some people that speak three or four, I'm like blown away. Like my mind can't even <laughs> wrap around. Like we, I, m- m- all my kids are uh, half Mexican and um, both my ex-wives were, uh, well, m- the kid's mom was Mexican and uh, my second wife was from El Salvador. Both my kid's mom didn't speak any Spanish. She grew up kind of in that era where like they just raised their kids speaking English and didn't really pass Spanish down where my second wife did and I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, I really wish I knew how to speak Spanish because we could talk about the kids right in front of the kids because none of the kids spoke Spanish. And <laughs> like that's yeah. where I was like, this would be so cool. Like if you're having you can, you know, you can have calm voices, but you can have a whole argument and the kids have no idea what's going on. Like when I start telling parents that parents are like, you know what, maybe we need to learn Spanish and at least get through the high school <laughs> years and then we'll teach the kids. You know what? It's also really cool to like swear in Spanish. Oh, for sure. I've so. I mean, full, I, my best friend growing up, Ralph Medrano, uh, his mom and dad had a love and hate for me. And I could tell when I was being cussed out at, and I was like, oh shoot, I really, I really messed up. But it was like, it was still like, I, you know what? They're either cussing at me or they're really proud of me. I can't figure it out right now. So. I think you could probably tell they were cussing at me yeah, yeah, too. No, no, definitely for sure. Definitely, you know. I don't know. There's just something about it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially if the person doesn't speak Spanish. They're like, Oh my God, this Latino women are like so crazy. <laughs> so <Right. it's> like, <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's good to know. I mean, I think, I think he did a nice little service for people wanting to go to Costa Rica. I'll ask you a question in case people are really thinking about it. Do you think it's worth, I mean, not, let's just say your destination is Costa Rica. I mean, maybe you're going, you know, further South, but is it better to fly in and rent, do you think, or to make the trek? Ooh, that's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are no, so any RV or van, there are no vans for rent here or RV types. Mm. Absolutely. There's why I don't know. You know, if anybody wants to, you know, join me in putting up a van, (laughs) I would love it. A lot of it. So if you're into that, like the rooftop tent living and stuff, I think it's 100% worth it. I don't know if you ever heard of um, the Women Overlanding the World retreats. I think I have actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to run the retreats with them here in Costa Rica. Nice. And it was, you know, it was it kind of covered all the needs. It was either women that wanted to get into overlanding, but didn't know how to start or did not want to, you know, rig their truck and then be like, Oh great. I don't like this. And I just, you know, spent $7,000 rigging my truck. So um, it was for that, but it was also for women that love overlanding, but did not want to make the drive, you know, and wanted to experience Costa Rica and the whole rooftop 10 thing, but just didn't want to, you know, go through the trouble of either shipping their truck or driving all the way down. Um, So if you're really into that, I do think it's worth it because it's just so different exploring. Costa Rica is so diverse. Mm. Um, And one of the things that I love most, the most when we used to run these expeditions, is just like day one, like just day one of the trip, when we would drive them from, you know, San Jose, we would kind of go through some sort of beach towns and then head up to the cloud forest. It's like you would get everything. You would get, you know, cloud forest and rainforest, and then it was kind of some desert type, and then it was beach weather. And it's just, they were just so blown away from, you know, like all the hills and the beach views. And, and Costa Rica, it's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. 
So if you can experience it, just like driving and exploring and, you know, and, and if you love a place, you know, stay more. And if, you know, the like the whole van thing, you know, if you're down at the beach and you're like, wow, this is way harder than I thought. There are so many volcanoes that you can like literally drive up to and, you know, wake up at the foot of an active volcano. <laughs> So you're telling people to go where it's hotter? Just kidding. <laughs> if you think the beach isn't hot enough for you, go to the live volcano. Yeah. You'll love the or lava. The, or the other way, because, I mean, yeah, yeah. there are some volcanoes here where it can get pretty cold. And if you're not prepared for that, um, it, you know, you drive four to five hours and you're already at a beach. Yeah. At 80 degrees. I mean, that's the beauty of Costa Rica. It's just so diverse or, you know, or where it's raining too much. Gotcha. And then just you know, head down a few hours. So I think that is the beauty of getting to know Costa Rica like that. And, you know, and if you love the whole rooftop tent camping and stuff, then that's a plus. Do people bring big art? Like our RV is 42 foot long. Are people bringing that size RV down when they're, you know, passing through or is it more the condensed version? Just a couple passing through. There's actually a camping group here in Costa Rica. There are a few locals that have those big rigs, Mm. but they camp, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe about six times a year and they camp the same places. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, Uh, that's pretty, that's the States too. I mean, there's a lot of people that only use their RV twice a year and they go to, they go to the same jam packed campground and, you know, just, yeah. you know, same friends, that kind of thing. No, I get that. Let's get into the solo travel really quick too, though. Because, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think this was something that was pretty taboo, let's say even 15, 16. Like there just wasn't a lot of information. You weren't seeing others living it. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, matter in life, you need to see others doing it to really realize that you can do it. And yeah. um, I mean, how's it been? Do you feel safe? Um, has it been good? Not so good? Like, you know, give me the, the plus minuses on being a, a solo female traveler. <laughs> yeah, safety wise, you know, I have never ever in Costa Rica felt unsafe. Um, I think the only two nights that I ever felt unsafe, it was just me and my mind overthinking things. Mm. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. mind can do good things and, and terrible things. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> But it was never that I ever felt, of course, traveling alone here in Costa Rica, I do only stay at campgrounds. I very rarely, I mean, here you can like literally drive up to any random beach and wake up on a beach all by yourself. And I love that feeling, but I don't do it. Mm. Not because there is a danger. Here in Costa Rica, crime is is a lot, it's, it's opportunity. You know, there's no real like organized crime, but you know, all you need is just like one very random person that walks by and sees you that you're camping there by yourself. And it, then it's an opportunity thing. Right, right. So crime is not really big here. I think worst case, maybe somebody would break into your van and like steal your laptop or your camera, that kind of stuff. Right. But still, you know, I, I mostly stayed in campgrounds or, you know, or people that had a farm that I could stay at or friends' houses and that. And I think that my worst night was probably up in on, on a volcano. It's one of our active volcanoes. And I drove up that night thinking, you know, ah, there's going to be people camping there. I know the owners and they're like, look, you can just you don't even have to call us. Just come open the gate and park and you're good. But I ended up sleeping there by myself under this volcano that night and I was just freaking out. I was just like, what am I doing here? There is like no people living here. There's no town close by. And then maybe like around three o'clock in the morning I could hear something on the rooftop deck. And I was like, great. I'm like, you know, the volcano's just gonna explode and I'm, you know, I'm gonna be in the news next morning morning kind of thing it was it was probably just raining but it was just me and you know overthinking the entire thing so no safety wise you know it's it's Costa Rica is a good place it's I think a lot of it is intuition you got to trust your intuition if you arrive at one place and you just do not feel good you you feel that bad vibe just drive away kind of thing yeah yeah I think we we call it the, uh, the final destination 
you know, that movie yeah. series where these people had like, you know, they, they, I think they had more visions, but I do, do think there is this opportunity where you're just like, this doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. and trust that all the time. I mean, especially, yeah. and I, and I don't even know if you can say this in 2020, especially females. I feel like females, um, women's <sighs> like just gut yeah. intuition, like red flag warnings, like, <laughs> like it's just, it's like, just go with that. You're going to be fine. Go with that. Well, you know, not only that, it's just like, I think it's, we just have to be extra careful. You know, it's very yeah, yeah. different if, you know, someone sees a guy camping alone on a beach and they're like, ah, it's just some dude. And they're like, oh, it's a woman. You know, I think there's just that extra danger when you're a woman. Yep. You just got to think, you know, of a lot more. And it's one of the reasons why I bought the van is just safety wise. I can just jump from my bed to the front seat and just I'll drive over anything right, right. to get out, you know, kind of thing. So that definitely gives you the safety. And even before the van, when I had the rooftop tent, I sometimes I look back at those times and I'm like, did I really sleep there all by myself? Mm. It's like, I was really stupid. <laughs> it's like, you know, but um, when you do what you enjoy, it's just kind of, you know, you don't think about those things. Um, right. Well, I mean, I, then, I think to your point, I don't think you should live home scared either. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. You just got to find that balance. Right. No, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. that's and then living solo, ah, ups and downs. Mm. You know, I think I think that the normal up and downs. Um, when I was when I was living in the van, I had really really amazing days. You know, I would I would wake up, um, you know, in the rainforest and have my coffee, looking at monkeys and a rainbow wow. kind of thing. Because, you know, Costa Rica is like that or, you know, an amazing sunrise. And then there were weekends where just like everything would go wrong. You know, I would run out of propane and, a you know, a jar of mole will explode inside the van. And, you know, and I was feeling down and, and I hadn't socialized for a while. And it was just like and then when I had those really, really bad days, you know, I would pay for a hotel. Mm. I would drive into the city and just stay at this, you know, really nice hotel where they allow dogs. And I would lay in a king size bed watching Netflix and ordering food and cocktails to the room kind of thing. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I actually, it was funny when you were saying the, you know, sitting out drinking coffee in a rainforest, looking at monkeys and rainbows. I was like, that sounds like a book in the States we're trying to ban right now. <laughs> That's how I felt. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like, but it is, it's like your like amazing moment. How's the, you know, I mean, I ask this everyone that's solo, because I think it actually happens, you know, when you travel with someone else, there's still a lot of loneliness too, because you're just, you know, yeah. the, it, it's something I talk about. I've talked about in the podcast where, um, and, and I feel it, and it's kind of funny because it was the, like going to Starbucks and they're like, Hey Damien, you want the same? And you know, you would see kind of some neighbors and it wasn't real quality time with someone, but it was still just the, Hey, you're there, I'm here and we're around each other and we get to say hi to each other. Um, how's loneliness been, you know, in this lifestyle? You know, it, it comes and goes. It, it it really comes and goes. Um, I like the balance. I'm a very, very social person, but then I also kind of like my solitude and I've learned to enjoy that solitude. Um, I think one of the advantages of Costa Rica is that it's so small mm. that, you know, if I knew that some friends were camping, you know, a certain place over the weekend, I could make the trip. Oh, wow. Okay. So not Texas. So it's not Texas. <laughs> No, <laughs> far from it. You know, I could drive three, four hours and then just camp with them and have, you know, the social time and stuff. Um, and usually, you know, after a whole weekend, of, because some, some areas in Costa Rica, when if camping gets like too popular, like just this week that was Easter week, mm. you do not want to be camping anywhere. Right. Because right. it it's craziness you know people will do like the karaoke until five o'clock in the morning and you know the screaming and all that stuff so usually when like monday comes by i'm like oh my god this is so great i'm yeah, so yeah. happy everybody left so i think it's really important to keep that balance but i i did had some i did have some very very low times yeah and, um, and I did crave, you know, like that social time. I think that's a tricky thing is kind of recognizing that 
and then looking for it, you know, but I think that's probably one of the tricky parts. It's like, I think when I started full-timing, you know, all my friends and everybody was like super excited that I was full-timing and they were like, you know, where are you at this weekend? Like, we'll go, we'll go to you, but then it kind of wears off. So then you kind of have to be searching for that social time, right. you know, and, and friends would have like a camping and then suddenly you're like, great. Like I need to drive six hours for that. It's like, Oh hell no. <laughs> like I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, it just depends for me. It was, yeah. I mean, I think I managed it, managed it pretty well, but I think the advantage is the fact that Costa Rica is a small country. Right. Um, and I did have the opportunity of just like dropping into town you know, staying at this hotel, I would drop my dog off at my daughter's house and then, I don't know, go sit in a coffee shop in the mall and people watch right. kind of thing. You know, like those random city things and have, you know, dinner with friends. And then I would feel great. And I was like, okay, like I'm ready to get out of the city and just, you know, renewed, revived. And I was ready for a few more months, you know, like a couple more months on the road. So, yeah, I, I did have those ups and downs. I think it's just it's part of it. But I think you can also have that if you live in a home alone. Yep. I know. I, I actually think the highs and lows are like people don't realize is you get really, let's say you get lonely and you want interaction and then you get around people and you're like, oh, I hate this. I need to be alone again. And that's what's so funny about kind of that up down curve. I mean, to your point earlier when you're talking about, you know, spring break and stuff like that, um, you know, I didn't really know this or have this kind of mantra when I left in 2017 full time, but really quick. Nikki and I realized that we didn't want to be in places during like, you know, holiday weekends and mm -hmm. we didn't want to, you know, be in popular spots during, you know, like when they were really popular and it wasn't about the crowds. It was about what we started to kind of think about and talk about was taking the space from someone that this is their only weekend off or their only couple weeks off. And, you know, for them, it's a different experience. For full-timers, it's just you're living your life. For them, it is the 5 a.m. karaoke. And they should yeah. have that outlet, you know, once, uh, you know, I mean, it, it can't be every weekend because then, you know, nobody would want to go camping. But there are certain times where that is the environment. And if you don't like that environment, instead of trying to change that environment, just leave during that exactly. week and then come back. Because that, I mean, there are people that really need that kind of break. And, and that was wow. one of the things we learned. Just, just, let's just stay away. We did do one like Memorial day weekend at a really popular boondocking spot. And uh, we said after that, you know, we'll never do that again. It's just, it's too chaotic for us. And we're taking some, we weren't taking anyone's spot cause it's unlimited boondocking area, but we did have that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not for us. And what's better is for us not to be here when this is going on. Yeah. Yeah. That big camping group that I told you that the people that have these RVs and stuff, mm -hmm. they usually travel like that in big groups because they only do these trips, you know, five, six times a year. Right. So they will, you know, pick a beach or usually they'll, they will not pick campgrounds because, you know, they're, they're too big. So they'll pick, you know, some of like the public beaches where they will all fit. Um, but it, it gets rowdy. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have about 10 rigs with all the, and, and then for every RV, you know, the, the sister and the cousin and the grandmother and the uncle arrive, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I think one time they did this trip down South, which is an area in Costa Rica that I just haven't explored very well yet. You know, the whole Corcovado national park, and there's a Gulf there. It's called Golfo Dulce. It's stunning. It's beautiful. And they were heading that way. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I really want to head down there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Mm. You know, this is an opportunity for me to do it, not by myself. And two days later, I left. I just could not, you know, and it was great. They would all sit in a circle, you know, and, and talk for hours and have this loud music and stuff. But every now and then, like I parked my van pretty far away and they're like, no, like you got to come closer and safety. And I was like, you kidding me? <laughs> so when I would go off to my van and I don't know, have lunch and I, you know, I work in social media, like social media does not sleep. So I'm working all the time. Right. Um, and, you know, I would go sit in the van and just like have lunch and read a book. And, and I think like maybe like a day and a half later, I think the one karaoke night, I was just like, forget it. I just went to the van and closed windows and stuff and, and just watched Netflix and fell asleep. And the next morning, this guy comes out and he's like, 
hey, so he's like, you're kind of antisocial, aren't you? I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, I'm actually a really social person. He's like, well, you weren't at karaoke, you know, and you don't come and sit in a circle with us. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, A, you know, I enjoy the social time, but I also need my alone time. I'm like, I like the balance. And I'm like, B, I live in my van. You guys are on vacation. Right. You know, and and you're all here partying and stuff. Like, I still have to do, like, so many hours of work. And I'm like, this is my everyday life. I'm not. And it was really hard for them to understand that. So two days later, I was like, you know, this is beautiful. It was wonderful. But I got to (laughs) go. It's just like I could not. It was just way too much for me. So, but I do like the social part. I just, I got to, you know, I mean, I, I, same thing, like you say, you know, if the, if the campground just gets like way too rowdy and stuff, it's my choice to either, or even move the van further from where everybody is kind of thing. So I think more campgrounds need to have like a, like almost like a, Hey, you know, we're going to, you want to be in the rowdy area or you want to be in the quiet area? You know, I've always felt that way, especially the bigger ones where it's like, cause I always feel like it's, you know, there's 10 quiet people and there's the one rowdy person. And then there's yeah. 10 quiet people in the, or there's, you know, 10 rowdies and one quiet. And it's like, they should have just done a yeah. better job. Well, I think it depends on the campgrounds too, because yeah. some, some campgrounds here, they have, you know, kind of very strict rules and the, and, or the owners live on property. Mm, gotcha. Um, so, you know, you know that that is the kind of campground where you cannot have, you know, super, super loud music until two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, so you do have a choice. You know, um, so yeah, just depending on the, on the, on the season, if I know it's, it's, you know, a long weekend or stuff like that, I, I just head out and there's some, and there's some campgrounds that are really good at separating people Mm. or have, you know, separate areas within their properties. So, you know, there's one that I go to a lot. Um, I think the magazine has a ton of pictures of that because it's just a beautiful spot. And they have this one area at the very end of their property at the top, and that's called Ann Spot. (laughs) So they get calls from people saying like, hey, you know, I want to go camp this weekend. Is Ann Spot available? (laughs) Because it's like, it's the one, but they're the kind of campground that if, you know, if you're parked up there, they will tell people like, look, there's already someone up there. You can't go up there. Like they really make an effort to like separate and and I love places like that, but you know, not all of them are like that. So it just depends on the weekend or, or sometimes I do want to socialize, you know, and because the whole van thing here in Costa Rica is new. Mm. And I think, I mean, there's some people that are starting to build vans, but I think so far mine is probably the best built one or just the more complex, gotcha. you know, living a situation so you know if a campground's full you get a lot of people coming over to see no oh i bet for sure i mean ask questions to you know so sometimes i'm like really happy and open to it sometimes i'm not i i i agree i've had people that have been like oh can we see the inside of your rv and i'm like no not not today thank you though i but it's so random to me because i just never thought to like go to someone's house and be like hey can i uh can I see what's going on inside your house? Like how you decorated and stuff. I'd never would think that. Yeah. 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 I think some people get it. Some people don't, you know, and I think you have to be open to doing that. Like, Hey, you know, like it's my private space. Um, I've had people like in a parking lot in a supermarket, they'll tap on my window. And like, is that a camper? I'm like, yeah. Can I look? It's like, no. Yeah. That is (laughs) like, like, I don't know who you are. Right. Right. No, that's very weird. Um, you (laughs) We've talked about work a little just here and there, but it sounds like, um, and you were saying full-time, and I was thinking immediately when I hear some, sometimes when people say full-time, I think nine to five, um, but it sounds like you're in the social space doing social marketing. Um, is that still what you're doing today? Yep. Okay. That is what I do today. <laughs> and do you consider it nine to five or is it more project-based and you know I just have to be kind of all over the place? No, I... Um... I worked for the same um, company mm. uh, brand for about eight years. Okay, nice. Doing their social media, yeah. It was actually it's it's an it's an um, RV related project. Um, 
and I was with them since they were pretty much a startup and, and kind of grew with them. So I've been with them for, yeah, about eight years. And then I do kind of side projects. Gotcha. Um, I took on a, a new project with just a different company um, in the last uh, more than six months. I started with them like on a part-time basis when I was living full-time and then they were kind of like, well, you know, like we really want you to do more hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it just kind of progressed to, it got to a point where like, okay, maybe I should have a more stable place with the internet because it was just the extra money was good. It was an amazing work opportunity for learning, for growing. It's, you know, a, a fortune 100 company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually sought me out. So I was like, it was just one of those jobs where you just can't say no. Right. You know, um, and it kind of hit a time in my life also where I was having a lot of downtime, you know, with, with, with solitude and the whole, so yeah, it just all kind of worked out. Um, and it was kind of time to take a break, you know, and, and, and find a little more stable environment for work and that, but now I'm getting the itch to, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to do this full-time work thing, but live in the van. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if, if if Starlink will be a game changer for you down there. When, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I paid my deposit about two years ago, so yeah. I'm still waiting. What's funny <laughs> is my neighbor paid a deposit two years ago, and we jumped in when they were doing that weird RV thing, and you could, like, pick. And, and we basically have it now, and they're still waiting which was like the weirdest thing that we got into this window when they made this like mobile unit that we jumped on that now I think is stationary. If I remember correctly, I don't know. It keeps going. They like sent us like a bunch of them. We had to return some and then like just figure it out. But um, yeah, that'll that, hopefully that'll be a game changer. Cause it sounds like that's your only real obstacle in Costa Rica yep. working full time is just, you know, really consistent. 100%. Okay. Yeah. And that 100%. does, that does make it tough and that does make it where, you know, the hybrid is really important. I, I even think about this podcast where, you know, we obviously took a long time off and I kept saying, well, once the shop's built and the studio's built, then I'll bring it back. And I'm like, ah, there's no reason to wait. We've got good enough internet. <laughs> Let me just bring it back. Yeah. And then, but it will be nice to have a proper studio where, cause that's the other thing that's tough. I mean, I, I have my partner Nikki's here and if, you know, if she wants to do stuff when I'm recording, she can't vice versa. She has a podcast and when she's recording, you know, I have to sit still too. So it does make those kind of things kind of difficult and interesting, but it's a, it's a fun workaround. And, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll record four podcasts today and technically I wouldn't have to do it again for a month if I'm doing one a week. And so there are really kind of interesting workarounds. Um, well, yeah. I, I hope you get really good internet soon. That'll be a life changer for you. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I can always have the opportunity of going and parking at someone's house. I mean, right. I do have friends that live here and there where there's space for the van and they're always like, you know, why don't you come here more? Right. right. You know, no, you can park here for a week and stuff, but you know, you do it a couple of times and then you're like, I, I feel bad. You know, I, I don't like to feel like I'm taking advantage of people. So I think if I ever do move back in the van, which I do want to, I do want to, I do want to, if, if, if and when I do travel up north, I want to have enough savings to enjoy it. You right. know, I know I could do the trip and work at the same time, but I don't really want to. Um, I really want to enjoy the trip and not be working the entire time and have enough budget to know, like, if something happens with the van or if I get sick or whatever, that I can deal with it. Um, and living in the van, it's the great opportunity to, you know, work on my savings kind of thing. Right. But yeah, the internet thing, and then may probably have more of a plan, you know, of more stationary places where I can stay like a week or more and then just, you know, tap out a bunch of work. And then, so I think it will need a little more planning, but yeah, it would be great if Star Starlink would go global eventually. Yeah, Who knows? No doubt. <laughs> okay. So when you're not traveling, when you're not working, a section we like to call explore we do it in the magazine we do it here on the podcast like what are your hobbies what are you what are you doing for fun because it sound like and it was just you know a quick little thing that i was like okay i gotta bring that back and i think it happens to people if your environment isn't like hey let's all get outside but you move to an area like you did for a period in colorado and that's what everyone kind of likes to do i think everyone in colorado is wearing north face and going on hikes um it can really make you be like, okay, well then this is something I want to do. And now it's part of kind of your DNA. Um, Mm. Or were you exploring a lot before 
the van? Like, how's that changed you? Um, you know, I was, and I was, and I wasn't, um, I, gosh, I got divorced about 20 years ago. And I think like many people, you know, like after a divorce, you kind of have to rediscover yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the outdoors was one of those things that I rediscovered, Mm. you know, after my divorce is kind of getting back to those things that I used to, that I liked before I got married and had kids and, you know, was the person I thought I had to be Mm. (laughs) kind of thing. I think that story is pretty common. So when I moved to Colorado, it just kind of elevated all of that, you know, and then coming back to Costa Rica, I still like doing, I used to paddleboard a lot and I used to kayak a lot. I don't really do that for health reasons. I do like to be outside a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, now one of the reasons that I moved to the place where I am now, it's it's out of the city. It's actually a condo complex, which is so not my vibe, but I like the social aspect of it right, because right. here I have, you know, my, my little place, I have a little yard, I have a view of the mountains uh, because I still need, you know, like that, that outside living, that outdoor living. Mm-hmm. But on a weekend, if I don't go out in the van and stuff, I can head down to the swimming pool. I've made good friends here with the neighbors at the dog park. There's trails. Mm. So I still, you know, I I am enjoying like the making new friends and still doing like the outdoor things without being in the van. And I think that's where I'm kind of torn, where I feel guilty, you know, that I'm in, actually enjoying the space of a home. Right. right. <laughs> um. You know, and here I can, I can still go and hike and I, you know, there's a swimming pool here. I can go swim when I want and then, you know, jump into the van. So yeah, it's, it's, um, and I do enjoy every now and then going into the city. Nice. I hate saying. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you I'm the same way. Like every time I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back and visit California, but when I'm there, I kind of enjoy it, but I'm also really glad to get out of there. So I totally get kind of where you're coming from in that aspect of it. But I I think it's great. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that definitely listen to the show that I would say are getting excited about Costa Rica. Let me say that again. I think people are getting excited about Costa Rica. I think that the idea of the hybrid, like even knowing that you can live like in a condo and have the van and go back and forth between the two, Mm -hmm. I think is exciting because I think a lot of people think you have to wait until you can sell everything to go. Um, as long as you can work it in your budget, I think a lot of people, especially here in the States, if you downsize or move to an area that doesn't have, you know, such an expensive land cost or, you know, real estate and get a little place and have a little piece of land to have the rig on and then, you know, hit the road when you want to come back, refresh, regroup. I think it's a really yeah. great lifestyle. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely my plan for the future is that, you know, I've always thought like, should I eventually like buy a condo? Like, where do I want to grow old? Mm. But I am definitely more attracted to that, like having a piece of land, you know, sticking a little container home in it mm-hmm. and park in the van. And to me, that's that's the ideal situation. You know, I kind of fell into this condo just by sheer coincidence. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I, I do think I will probably live a few more years in the van and that that would give me the space to kind of, you know, figure out what I want to do with that. But but yeah, I think you know, having, there's nothing wrong in having a landing spot. I I think it's, if you can do it, I think it's pretty cool. It's really nice to, you know, do your laundry and sleep in fresh sheets in your van. (laughs) Without a doubt. Um, I will, I will say as a landowner, if someone's telling you to come stay a week, come stay a week, you're not a burden on them if they're offering it. And, you know, I feel the same way that, you know, we've created some spots here on the property. And if we invite people out, um, have them come and enjoy it and, you know, hopefully they don't think I'm too antisocial just because I don't want to sit outside and talk till two in the morning, but hopefully they appreciate, you know, a place to relax and hang out. Where can people find you if they want to find out more about Costa Rica, whether it's solo travel, you know, the hybrid life? I mean, if you're open to it, let me know the social channels where they, you know, they can find you folks. You don't have to write it down. I'm going to link it down in the show notes. So anything she says about where you can find her, you can just go down there and click it. So, Anne, where can people find you? You can find me at Van Life Anne everywhere. <laughs> very, very, very easy. And then uh, I think people are going to be interested in this uh, Anne spot too. So you might have to start adding a link there so people can find this campground in the Anne spot. I think that's 
really interesting. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I'm always happy to, to sh- well, actually, no, I should not say that. There's some spots I don't share. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it's we, we get a lot of pushback from people when we're looking for, especially the boondocking, like free out of the woods yeah. kind of spots. People are like, well, I want to share and I want to share. I, I'll be honest with you. I have probably told people about two of my favorite spots a thousand times. And I only know like one or two that have actually gone. So I don't think it's that big of a, you know, what people actually end up doing and you know, what they say they're going to do is something different. So sometimes I think it's okay to share it, but yeah, it just depends who asks, exactly. you know, if, yeah. if it's, if it's someone that I don't know or because it's out of respect to the campground owners too, because right. some campgrounds are really small, yeah, you know, and they're beautiful and the landowners, you know, they make a really good effort to take care of the place. And if you know that someone's going to go and trash the place right. and bring, you know, 30 rigs and just, I, I'm just, I, so usually I'm like, you know, it's just, it's private property. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, you know, you you got to take care of your people. <laughs> Without a doubt, no. I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your story. I think it's really inspiring, and it, it's, I'm glad to get back into recording these. So, so thank you so much for taking the time. Yep, thank you for inviting me. It was a fun time. Another great episode. Big shout out to Anne for coming on the show. It was really great getting to connect with you and just learn more about you. Um, obviously, I follow you on Instagram, and Costa Rica is looking really like a place I need to go visit. So. I hope it encourages you too, especially the ladies out there that are listening that thinking that maybe you can't do this solo. You can't. And even some of my guys out there that are maybe thinking you can't do this solo. You can. It really is doable. There's a great community out there. Um, yeah, And you'll be fine. And so I hope it really does encourage you to make the leap. If that's something that's been holding you back, you're waiting to have someone to go with. I hope that uh, you don't wait. I hope you go. I hope you uh, jump in a van, RV, motorcycle, off-road vehicle, whatever it is, and I, I hope you hit the road. Now, don't forget to grab your copies of Rootless Living or RV Today. Just head over to uh, rootlessliving.com or rvtoday.com. You can sign up for a digital subscription as low as 10 bucks a year, or you can grab the print, and we'll send you a, just a really high-quality magazine, uh, every issue to you, in the mail, old school, like just crazy how much people love analog. I, I just never thought that many people would be buying print and it's been great to see happen. So if you'd like to receive it that way, disconnect from your device, sit outside by the van down by the river and read your copy of Rootless Living or RV today. We'd love to send you one. Don't forget, please share this with your friends and family. Let them know about it. Uh, give us a like. I think you can like episodes, can't you? I'm, I'm so used to saying give us a like because of YouTube, but do whatever you can to help us promote the, the podcast. It's a great way for people to get free content, be exposed to kind of what we're doing in the magazine, and then hopefully they'll want to sign up. But until next episode, stay rootless.